Hey, Abe, I'm on the highway. What are you doing? I am trying to record some crappy audio from my computer. Uh, well, if I'm involved, it's probably crappy audio. That's our expectation uh, of quality. That's true. It's true. You can't oversell yourself. So, um, well, uh, if your entire shtick is that your audio and other qualities suck, when you deliver on yeah. those uh, those things, I think people are satisfied. Yeah. Why, why do you think I've been doing this? <laughs> Flailing in mediocrity. That's right, baby. That's right. That will happen. That will oh, happen. Uh, I saw I, I saw a T-shirt today um, that uh, it literally was made. Uh, it says that will happen. And Do you think that people logo, send us logo some shirts that say that? that will happen so that we can wear our own shirts? Uh, yeah, uh, he, he's going to send me some. He says <laughs> that's nice of him. Yeah. So. So where. Uh, today I was at One Lap of America at Blackhawk Farms. I uh, did some work this morning, and then I struggled through Chicago traffic to get out there. It's a long um, drive. It's like 99 miles, but it took me um, twice as long as it should have because there's a lot of traffic. So, did you go out? What is it? Like 90? Uh, yeah, I, I took the uh, the normal way up the tollway, and then across the other tollway, and then up the next tollway. But. Uh, there wasn't any faster way. It just it was traffic of like for the first sixty miles. That's something about Chicago I don't miss at all. Right? Like no, it's even terrible. when there's terrible. no reason for there to be traffic, there's a lot. Yeah. Just because a lot, a lot of people of live there. Yeah. Not uh, not always the funnest. So some stuff yeah, happened today. The, yeah, that was uh, that was the first one lap thing that I've actually been to. You've done the event and you've also been like to the start of the event. Uh, when you weren't doing it and um but yeah there's a good vibe at the one lap one lap paddock it was cool man I, and i knew like i'll bet you i knew 30 people there which was kind of fun i'm uh, sure so that was uh saw a lot of grid life drivers saw a lot of and i didn't even talk to all of them but i saw a lot of uh, alums of uh slip angle um some people that I that I have talked to on the phone but have never even met in person, stuff like that. <laughs> well, I think one of my favorite parts about that event is uh, in like traditional time attack and other uh, racing that we're more familiar with, being able to be extremely fast on command in the rain right now is, yeah. is like not a requirement to doing well. And yeah. in, in one lap, it is. And I, yeah, I appreciate you, it, it when like... Darus and Yonkers and the other guys like get in line first to go out and drive hard in the rain because that's that's like a skill that you have to practice to be good at and only guys who yeah. take the chance yeah. to do it will get better. Yeah, finding that uh, and just, it was it was wet probably for a third of their sessions throughout the week so far. You know, yeah, um, finding that uh, that that line to run all the way up to, but not cross in the rain. Like for some people it takes a lot of time. Um, and you can, you can, it, you can tell that some of these, some of these drivers today, it was like no big deal. Uh, it's just how they drive. You know? but, well, and I, uh, I like really admire the people who can do that really well because yeah, it's just something tough. that like, you know, I don't know that people would jump at the opportunity to, to go do a rain DE day. Um, no, but in order to do well at this event, you have to be ready to do that. Well, it's like, a, like Richard from England has, uh, he said to me, like, 
Well, I, I actually prefer a wet day, I think, <laughs> like, because it's, it's like what they get over there more than not, you know, it seems. Um, but uh, I do, like, more and more I do seem to like a wet track day, and I think part of that is because as an event organizer, it takes the... It sets the vibe. Uh, it takes, yeah, it takes, like, the seriousness down a notch, you know, um, which I kind of like uh, as somebody who is kind of the organizer of serious events in some aspect, you know, I think like um, the tone changes, right? Because no one know, or no one goes out knowing that they're going to set their, their personal best. And and the urgency, the the expectation is not that. Yep. Yeah. Then it becomes, uh, then it becomes driver development again, which is fun. And like the intent Um, is I'm going to go out and enjoy myself and learn and like have fun. Absolutely. The uh, the Blackhawk is obviously as, as awesome as, as it ever is. I love that place. It's just there's really there's there's some really good old school vibes at Blackhawk. I dig that track. Did you uh, have a chance to hang out with Jeff? Uh, no, I didn't talk to uh, corner worker Jeff. Uh, Jan, the uh, track manager, saw me, and then I talked to him for a long time. And I met the new event director, and so I did some official grid lifey stuff. That was part of the reason I wanted to go out there. They have some new staff, um, just like the nicest people in the world too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I just love that place. The food is awesome too. That's another plus of a racetrack. It's because it's they sell cheese like, curds. It, it, yeah, it's cheap and awesome at the same time. So. Yep. Um, the uh, yeah, the the it's uh, it's just Blackhawk. I dig Blackhawk a lot. So. Um, I love a big Blackhawk. Yeah. <laughs> the you gotta say it. You gotta say it properly. You can't slur that word. It sounds bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, that uh, I I really get the. I seem like I seem really drawn back to one lap of America now, which is bad because I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time either. But, I looked at my vacation time, and uh, it looks like all of it is going to Grid Life, and all yeah, of it is unfortunately. like weekend. I mean, it's like Friday Mondays, and. Right. I'm I'm really lucky in that um, I have uh, 20 vacation days this year, and I would say that 15 of them are going to Grid Life, and five of them are going to be traveling with Ashley to go see some F1 events. And we were at yeah. IMSA last weekend, uh, which was super cool. I had some experiences yeah, how that was I did that? not expect. Um, it was super fun. It, was w- it looked wet. It looked very wet. Uh, the first two days sucked. And, uh, yeah. we were, we were there like supporting Tom and the LA Honda world team. Uh, so he and Shelby Blackstock were uh, running all weekend and it was, it was unfortunate, I guess, a lot of the time, because it seemed like, uh, you know, they were making 50, 50 calls and nothing ever seemed to pan out for them. So, uh, yeah. in the race on Saturday, they, they made a call during the race at the driver change that they were going to put wets on and hope that it started raining and it never panned yeah, out. Yeah, because it looked like it was it looked like it was going to, but it never got wetter, really. Nope. Um, and then like I think Shelby went out on uh Saturday morning and uh like didn't uh put down his best lap immediately and the the conditions worsened like every minute. And so yep, every lap yep. they everyone did was worse. And so the the driver that took pole was the one that did their their fast lap as soon as they possibly could. Yeah, that was uh, the Hart TCR car, and that was Chad Gilsinger. Yep. Um, 
uh, Eric Cotill is on their on their crew, and he said that Chad just went for it immediately, and and not not got lucky, but got lucky with the timing on that because the conditions got so progressively worse. Yep. So, so um, like it seemed like you know maybe lap seven or eight during qualifying, it was just like it's not even close. So yeah, uh, Hart made a lot of good calls. I think they struggled in the race because they went off at some point, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was I, I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, I think yeah. a couple of hours is a, a really good distance for a race um, because it, you start to get some pit strategy and stuff involved. Um, yeah, it was my first IMSA event uh, to watch uh, the prototypes also, which I thought was super cool. I got some really interesting and like up close opportunities with those cars. And that was neat. Um the thing cool. that I struggled with when watching IMSA prototypes is that the race is like three hours long. And if you're not yeah. able to listen to the uh, like IMSA radio commentary, uh, it's, it's actually not incredibly in interesting to watch. It looks like a DE, right? Because you can only be at one corner at a time. And yeah. if you're watching that corner and not a whole lot of passing is happening, well, then you're watching cars go around a corner. Yep. That's sort of the, the only disadvantage, like really from a spectator perspective to, to endurance racing is it's hard to know who's winning, you know? Yeah. And like um, mid Ohio doesn't have a ton of um, like video boards and the sound equipment wasn't loud enough so that you could hear it over the cars. So if you had yeah. like headphones in and were listening to the radio, I think it would actually be pretty cool. Uh, but then yeah. it becomes yeah. not a very good um, like vibe hanging out with your buddies event because you got your headphones yeah. in, you know? Yeah. You, you almost need to have like a, a boom box playing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Um, but, but the, uh, I was there I, I, hanging with Tom. Um, I, and then, uh, Dan Lewis kind of gave me the VIP treatment, which was super, super cool. And I'm really grateful yeah, that I got the opportunity. One of our time attack drivers from, uh, from grid life. Um, yeah. What, what's his, uh, like, what's his relationship with the Conica Minolta team? Okay. So his, the company that he works for is Amatech and, uh, I know about them because they make, uh, I think power supplies for scientific equipment. So okay. he actually runs in some of the same professional circles that I do. Um, and okay. I've never met him professionally at a conference, but he goes to conferences that some of my coworkers go to. And, okay. uh, that company sponsors the Wayne Taylor Racing prototype program, which is the Konica uh, Minolta program also. Yeah, like the biggest program. Yeah. So uh, interestingly, on Saturday night, uh, we had dinner with Wayne Taylor of Wayne Taylor Racing. And he yeah. and uh, me and Dan Lewis just sat next to Wayne listening to stories <laughs> about you know, what it was like to uh, talk to Fernando Alonso and how he thought, you know, going to the indie program was such a bad idea and like how he had called up, uh, what was it, Zach Brown from McLaren and said they're blowing it and just did like a bunch of crazy, crazy stories. That was dinner yeah. for me and Ashley on Saturday night. It's so bizarre. I talked to Ed uh, from Auto SS on Saturday night. Uh, and he, and, uh, like late, I was working on the race car until like 1am and I posted a picture in one of the grid like group chats. Um, and then, so Ed calls me and he's like, you won't believe this. Abe's have Abe had dinner with, uh, with Wayne Taylor. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so Wayne Taylor, let me try some of his steak. It was weird. That's crazy. <laughs> 
No, but it was weird because I've like, um, you know, I don't know how much money this person has. Um, right. He owns right. a race team, so it's probably a lot. But it was weird because I went to dinner and there's a group of like 12 people or whatever. And it was as if uh, the entire waitstaff knew that Wayne Taylor controlled this entire table. And so they yeah. waited on him personally and they gave him the wine list and they answered to him. And like everyone else just kind of was like there. Yeah. But he was the nicest guy. Was it, a, it was super cool. Did, uh, did you get invited to the dinner or did you happen to be there? And then they pulled no, you over. Uh, Dan invited me and Ashley as his guest, which was cool. Uh, but while yeah, we were cool. there, um, they gave us an invite to the shop, uh, which interestingly is, is like 20 minutes from my house. So oh, cool. their, their team is based in Brownsburg, which is just a little bit farther West from where I live. So um, yep. at some point, hopefully in the off season, I'll be able to go there and kind of check things out. Um, but yeah. The car is incredible. It's super, super cool. Um, yeah. It's just like, it's a piece of engineering uh, unlike anything that I've ever seen. That's so cool. Very, and, very interesting weekend, man. That's, <laughs> I'm jealous. It was, it was just yeah. weird. And then like all of us went back to Ed's house and, uh, we had a bunch of drinks and then we tried to play iRacing racing with an Oculus, uh, drunk. Oh yeah. Ed said you sucked at iRacing. racing. I was like, yeah, he sucked at my house too, but he's not as bad as I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't doubt it. Um, that was probably the, 10th minute of total seat time in an iRacing car that I've ever had. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard at first, man. Well, and especially with an Oculus after having you, you having been drinking, right? Yeah, that would get weird, wouldn't it? I've never used a, a VR, but uh, yeah, it looks hard. I heard, I heard it wasn't it gets like, like I heard it trying gets to drive slow cars. It was like, you know, driving a radical or I don't even remember the other car we were driving. It's like, I, I am not good at driving this. And like, what was so unfair is that Shelby was there too. And I am not about to try and like outdo a guy who does this for a living. Like, right. It's not even cool. Like, I don't know. I mean, he does this professionally and he's there watching me suck at it. And it's like, yeah, why are, why, why are we even here? Why don't you just do this? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'd be like teaching Tom Tom O'Gorman how to like. Okay, here's how you drive my Ford Fiesta, Tom. And he'd be <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe you don't have to tell him. Maybe, maybe you just feel embarrassed for even doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it was the, it was a fun weekend, and I think it sounds uh, like Ashley a enjoyed weekend. it. So good, um, good. We've got a few more weekend trips planned. We're going to Montreal for the Canadian Grand Prix, and well, that'll be a fun trip. That it's was cool her city. idea. And uh, then uh, hopefully we'll get tickets for the uh, the U.S. Grand Prix also. Cool, cool. Um, we, uh, yeah, I, I got another about 45 minutes of driving. We talked to uh, our buddy, little Jimmy Houghton, uh, to see how he's doing at GTA. Maybe we should see if uh, we can get a hold of him and, and make, a, make a whole show out of this whole thing. I think that's a great idea. All right, let's, uh, let's pause this and we'll see if we can get a hold of James. Hey, James. Don't say dick. That's the first word, James. <laughs> dicks. Everyone's got dicks in the freeway. Oh, man. Uh, Abe, Abe, how are our levels, Abe? Your are levels we recording? are appropriate. <laughs> right, that's, what, I, that's what we're supposed to I, say. I am not. I am not appropriate, but the levels are. So that's good. 
James, how was the trip down to Atlanta? Tiring. Terrible. Yeah. No, it was actually it was actually a great trip, but it was very it was tiring because <laughs> I only slept an hour and a bit the night before. Because we were just finishing everything up and then we were getting vinyl redone on the Tuesday. And then we left the Tuesday night at one o'clock in the morning and I didn't drive that much that night because I was barely conscious, not conscious. Yeah. You know, all of your problems Ooh, uh, are because you live in Canada. If you live closer to places far. where they had races that you wanted to go, you wouldn't have to drive so far. For sure. We'd have and to you should probably live and leave later. You know that it's rusty in Michigan also. You could just live there. Yeah, there you go. That'll save a couple hours. I don't know that there's a lot of stuff in Michigan other than gingerbread that I want. Yeah, that's true. And it's not that far from where you live right now. (laughs) It's much Um, more inexpensive, which would leave more money for race cars. That would be nice. That's true. You could live on a a crappy old farm and spray some cars with oil there. I keep thinking I'm going to bring uh, how, uh, the uh, Jeep to you, and you're just going to spray it down with a bunch of goop, and then it won't rust. You have to do it. You have to come. Come to a CSCS event, hang out, go check things out, have a fun time, and spray your car, and it'll be a great weekend. That does sound nice. His, Abe's car, Abe's car, he's not going to have that thing long enough to rust. You know, what you uh, should do I don't want to jinx it, you but I've driven it like 20,000 miles, and it hasn't had a problem. In the last 20,000 miles, that's a long time. I've driven it a lot. And I will say that from my house to Summit Point is one tank of fuel, and to come back is one tank of fuel. So it cost me, it was only about 150 bucks to drive to and from Summit Point for me and Ashley. I was pretty shocked how how good a mileage I got with my RV, but uh, not that good. What kind of fuel economy do you get in your RV, James? Well, we we were moving on the way down because we were trying to get there by, we were trying to get to the track by five o'clock, um, to because uh, that's when they said that they were going to close the ticket booth or whatever. Yeah. And you know it was saying like four thirty, you know four forty most of the day on the on the GPS. And when you're towing with an RV, keeping up with Google's GPS is very difficult. Very, very uh, we were, difficult. We were going to make it, except for about two hours away from the track, we had stopped for fuel, and they had a, like a Papa John's pizza or something like that in the gas station. And we were like, how long is this going to take? She's like, not very long. I'm like, can you get us two pizzas in 10 minutes? She's like, yes, I can. 25 minutes later, we walked out the door with pizzas. Well, at least you got pizza. And we were 15 minutes late getting to the track, and luckily they were they stayed open an extra hour at the ticket booth. So we would have kept up basically with the with Google, which was serious. There was there was a lot of 75 miles an hour. So that, on that uh, poor little V10, that poor little V10. On Friday night at <laughs> Summit, uh, Adam sent me out to get pizza for literally everyone who wanted some, and I wanted to call in advance and hope they had enough hot and ready's. Um, but it was like a 20 minute drive and all the road was like windy and hilly and jumpy. And so I, I couldn't like pay attention to the map and the phone at the same time. And so I showed up at little Caesars at like what, nine thirty or whatever. And I was like, I want 10 hot yeah. and readies. And the high school girl who was at the register just goes, uh, it's going to be a while. And so, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what that's like. 
Yeah, it's going to be a while. She has so much potential sorry, sorry. in that business. She's really going to work up. She's going to work her way up through that company if she's going to respond like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, Bright future for her. Uh, <laughs> interesting about Summit Point is that it is, like, far from everywhere. And um, I feel like came on on the way to the, uh, the, the Little Caesars. And so I placed my order, and I was like, I'm going to go find some fuel. And I drove for, like, 20 minutes, and I found nothing. And uh, wow, so I went back and got my pizza and drove back to the track and then did all the rest of our stuff. And then Ashley and I left to go to the hotel and she was managing the GPS and she drove me like 20 minutes in the wrong direction. And the fuel light's still on. And she's like, oh, no, the GPS sent us the wrong way. Uh, we have to turn around. And we had to drive literally back to the track before we could go toward the hotel. And uh, the tank is like 25 gallons. And I bet you I put 24.6 in. She was like, are we going to run out of gas? When did your fuel light come on? A quarter tank? I don't know, man. But uh, we're we're pretty lucky we didn't have to push. Yeah. Uh, James, you made more more jam uh, and you made more arrow. Uh, All the horse arrows and all of the splitter. Yeah. Give us the two minute like changes uh thing. Like what did you all do and how car? So um change the turbo first. Uh I guess not first. Two. Kind of everything was happening at the same time. To a Actually, uh last time last time you were on the show, uh you were blowing up transmissions. So you changed a lot. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. So we have a clay uh, sequential in there now. Fantastic. Yeah. Did that a long time ago. I'm not very smart, but we're smarter now. Yeah. And seems good so far. I mean, nothing lasts forever in a race car, but it seems to be better than what we had, so we're happy with that. What are the failure points potentially? Uh, what's that? What's the what's the primary failure mode for that if something does happen? Um uh, I don't know. I can't I can't really say that. They um you know, some like Will has had pretty good luck with his, and uh, yeah, they, they seem pretty good. So we have we have high hopes. I was talking to uh, Robert Thorne today at Blackhawk Farms, and uh, and he's got a quite sequential in his S2000, and uh, he only complained about how loud it was, but it's done like thousands and thousands of street miles. That car is so good. Time attack. I really, really just want him Dude. to prep it proper for one lap. Because that car would destroy yeah. everything. They're they're still dealing with the five six gallon fuel capacity thing. It's yeah, crazy. Well, I know why. <laughs> it's because they didn't actually prep it this year. That was the ultimate. No, it's car. an autocross car. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so James got a sequential in. Uh, James made more horsepowers with more with more turbos. Yep, we put a thirty five eighty four on there. Made nine hundred and eleven wheel horsepower at thirty two pounds of boost. So. So crazy. So we haven't ran it up there yet. We were just running it at the 19 pounds today. So it's a little That's, bit, um, uh, it's a little bit on a Dynapack. Is that right? Dynapack. Yep. How do those compare so, to like Dino Jets? Uh, there's so much irregularities in dinos all across every, even from Dynapack to Dynapack sometimes. So, Is that right? You know, yeah. it's we'll we'll use it as a as a measure of reference. It made 780 earlier this year and now Neat. it makes 911 on the same dyno 
I think with a car like James, is the best thing about a hub dyno like that, that bolts in place with the wheels, is that there is no wheel spin. And you can actually control it. So. Yep, absolutely. And especially when you're trying you to can, do kind of in and out of boost things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. you can you can turn the entire map a little easier, supposedly, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, so we have that on there. I, I, I said laggier before. I don't like to use the word laggy because it's not laggy at all. It just comes in a little bit later because it's a little bit bigger turbo. I mean, that's For part the, of the turbo aficionados, yeah. that's boost threshold, not lag. They're not the same thing. Exactly, exactly. So um, it's not an issue out there, um, especially with the gearing with the clay. It's pretty good. Um, and we've got that aero package that uh, Sage Sport and Syntec have been working on. And it's nutty. There is a lot of bump stop and a lot of packer in my car. And when I say a lot, I mean <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so it is like, so the arrow is it's, it's definitely working. <laughs> yeah, we just actually did a ride height adjustment. We actually lifted the front end of the car half an inch because it's just it was too much. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just it was too hard to control at that ride height. And with the wing shape that we like we have, they'll actually work a little bit better. Um, a little bit further off the ground. It's not yeah, with more air underneath it. it. Yeah, it's not this quite the same as the way a splitter works. Uh, yep. I, from from what I understand, from what I'm told, I'm not gonna. I'm not an expert on any of this, but uh, so we put it up a little yeah. bit, changed the packer. We had a little bit more packer than I would have really liked in it. It was really coming down hard over some of the bumps. So we raised yeah. it up a bunch, took a little bit of packer out, and took a little bit of camber out because we actually quartered two tires this morning just in testing. Um, with too much camber, I think, from the amount of pressure that the front end is actually being, you know, putting on it. So uh, we're throwing uh, everything we can at it, and now there's a huge black cloud coming in, and it's supposed to rain for the next two days straight. Gross. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. Oh man. So no matter how hard you like, if the weather is okay, thing, you're going to get um, Sunday potentially. No, it's just a Friday Saturday event. Oh, my mistake. So uh, it's going to yeah. get one lap at like 750 wheel. And if it, everything is good and it's still good, it's going to get the next lap at like 850 wheel. If we have even one yeah. session tomorrow morning, because there is no time to waste. Yeah. No, you got to go for it, huh? Yep. Yeah. With, with, uh, so your new splitter design really isn't a splitter. It's literally a wing. So you do want, you do want some air underneath of it in order to be the low pressure sound. Right? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a wild looking setup. Um, uh, if uh, if you want to see it, there's pictures on your Instagram, right? Yep, yep, and we'll be posting more over the course of the weekend. I didn't post as much before because it wasn't wrapped yet, but on uh, Tuesday yeah. I drove over 300 miles to Toronto and back, and then to Toronto again and back uh, to get the car, the vinyl work touched up so it would look presentable for this weekend. So after and, before and we drove down here, I just thought, you know, I'd warm up with it, warm up for the drive a little bit with a quick 300 miles. Oh, no big deal. Just a six-hour tow. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> uh, how did the car do in testing? You uh, you did a kind of a shakedown, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, same thing. Just trying to you know trying to keep this thing off the ground and still uh, you know keep it. You don't want it. You don't want the thing to be a monster truck. Um, yeah. But you got to get it to a height where it's happy. So I think that we've made a good adjustment right now. We were trying to do it more with just bump stop and packer when we were testing. We only. We got there late. We only did a couple hours of testing. So um, I think it's going to be good now. I think the ride height adjustment change was, was good. We were just we were at about two and three-quarter inches under the center of the front uh, splitter wing before. 
Uh, and now we're yeah. about three and a quarter. So I think that that small change is going to uh, it's going to help a lot. Awesome. Well, I hope you get some weather, man. I hope you get some good weather. Uh, I hope so too. It's so much effort yeah. to to do to you know kind of see that forecast looking like rain and thunderstorms, but the weather sometimes changes pretty drastically down here. So you never really know what you're going to end up with. Did you bring your rain? Yeah, you've got mountains all around you, kind of. Oh, yeah, we got rains. I actually, and I was borrowing rear rains all last year. I only had fronts because I was just having a tough time, and uh, I saw there was some on closeout at Hoosier, so I uh, I bought my own new rear rain. So now I have a set of four. Nice. I don't have to borrow them anymore. Well, usually when you buy rain tires, that's when it does not rain for you. So that's like your best. That's your best. Uh, your best foot forward to getting good weather. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, that's always the joke. Is don't worry, I bought new rain tires, so it's not going to rain. <laughs> Adam, you know who would be really fun to take tires. on one lap? James. What's that? I said, you know who'd be really it fun would. to take on one James lap? Would be fun. James. We just let yeah. him drive the whole I time would. and yeah. just hang out and record shows. That's sort of what we were going to do with Tom O'Gorman in your car last year, but then yeah, your but car Tom's broke. Tom's too pro now. He's never going to have a free weekend ever. Yeah, I know. He does get, uh, he's got all that uh, job stuff to do. I would find time for that. I would definitely yeah, it find could be time fun. for that. I, 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 was, I was at One Lap today, uh, and I kind of fell in love with the concept of One Lap again. And, like, I've always wanted to do it, like, forever. Like, pretty seriously, I just never kind of put it together. And now I, now I really want to. But the problem is we're hosting too many events. I've been odd. practicing the last couple of years for staying awake for the whole week. So you certainly have. You've got that part done. I don't know if I can do a whole week yet, but we're getting closer. Uh, the the uh, the dudes who uh, who were fast, the guys in the in you know the first two run groups, they looked pretty well rested. Uh, the other night uh, when they got like to Hastings, it seemed like everyone showed up to the hotel around 3 a.m. Yeah, that that seemed like their their worst uh, transit, but. Um, yeah, I would love to do that someday. Three three a.m. and then sleep for four hours—that sounds luxurious. <laughs> that actually doesn't sound too much worse than no, no, like no. every a, race. A big difference here, James, up. between the way you travel and the way people on one lap travel is that you travel in an RV, which is kind of comfortable. You're not traveling in the race car. <laughs> but a lot of like That's when true. we came to Gridlight South last year, we left late and drove through the night and i drove the whole trip except for three hours so it's not really the same when you're doing all of the driving in the rv so yeah. i can say that no there's Moss no luxury and are driving with ear protection on they got, yeah they said they that that car is not car they could have just put it is not as comfortable yeah. andy andy said the evo was much more comfortable than that car the car's so good, though. I uh, I was in it at it NCM, cool. and it it's cool. just the coolest. I think they're they're in sixth place right now. That's what they. They're I think they left yep. in fifth or sixth place. So, so anyway, we should probably let James go play with his car and go get dinner and stuff. Maybe uh, maybe tomorrow we can do a quick check-in call and see how the weather was. I hope we're I hope we're talking about dry tracks and good lap times. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll see if it works. Maybe we can call you about this time tomorrow. I think this would definitely work. I think this would definitely work tomorrow. So today was just testing, right? Not timing? Yeah, it didn't count. And we only, like I say, we did about, I guess we did 
two kind of sort of flyers, not really flyers, but we, we did two laps just to kind of evaluate all the things. And then we had enough things to work on that we just, you know, if it's not counting, what's the point in keeping on going out there and attacking? Well, yeah. who else is yeah. there today? Cool. What's that? Who else is there today? Uh, probably about half the cars were here today for testing, I would say. Um, Pro Awesome were here and Tom O'Gorman was here, so they put a couple laps in and made a few adjustments. Cool. And, uh, we'll see what they come up with for tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, if, uh, if you can, write, our, write everybody's fastest lap down so you can be our pit reporter also. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. Well, have a good time. Uh, have a good time with the boys. Tell everybody we said hey. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, we will. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. I think everybody's here. Oh man! All right, Abe, are you recording? I am recording. Abe's recording. We're doing a thing. Frickin' finally. James, where are you at? Uh, we're in Kentucky. Man, you guys oh, are making good time. Holy cow! like a torrential downpour and thunderstorm and flooding on the highway so we're only going about 50 miles an hour or 55 miles an hour it's probably the slowest you've ever towed with that thing it's the <laughs> slowest it's ever gone on even on the two-lane road it doesn't go as slow <laughs> Are, uh you uh you're in the rv right yep yep yeah uh, James toes it at like 95 in that thing. So hey, when, when you travel, uh, do you do most of the driving or uh, do you guys do like rotations and shifts just to, to drive continuous? We usually do rotations. So it depends on how I feel. You know, on the way down, um, I barely drove it all at night and drove most of the night shift because I was just dead. And then I drove basically the whole way, like basically from nine until or whatever when we got there. Um, yeah. But then, like, last year when we went to Grid Life South, I drove all but three hours. It just depends how I feel. If I'm feeling good, I'll drive. If I'm not feeling good, I'll be in the back bed and fast asleep. <laughs> it's hard for me to find anybody to drive the RV because they're usually drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just kind of wheel it the whole time. But, James, uh, we got we got a few minutes. Uh, what happened? How'd it go? So the air was unreal. So yeah. It's like, it's not even, I can't even explain what these guys have come up here with. It's like next level. It's yeah. All the downforce. All of it. I can't even, I can't even, can't even describe it. So we thought, for instance, on the lap where it failed today, I'll give you a hint there before what happened, but the lap where it failed, I thought I lifted into the S's, and afterwards, later, we were checking the data log. And Eric never likes to give me too much credit, as you guys know. But he's like, uh, he comes over and he's like, well, you know, you thought you lifted for, you know, this much percentage for this much time. And he's like, the data log says that's a lie. And I just kind of figure that he's like, you know, going to say that it's longer for that. Like the data recorded, no lift going into the S's. Whoa. You went flat through the S's in your car? Yep. <laughs> at, at about 825 wheel. Really? So you were almost all the way up, huh? Yeah. Well, 125. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's like, uh, it's, it's still 75 from the peak is a lot. But. Yeah, so we didn't talk yesterday. So I did a 121.0, like, second lap yesterday after we made the, 
after they made the ride height and alignment and every all those changes. Right. Um, it went 120-10 right off the trailer yesterday, so that was uh, that was amazing. Yeah. And uh, we went out for the second session and had a problem with one of our pulleys. The belt came off, uh, got hot, so we came in. That was a that was an issue, so we lost that session. And then the final, the final, uh, can we cut, cut for a second? Do you guys hear the guys in the background, or is it not coming through? A uh, little bit, not much. Is it enough that it's a problem? I don't know. That's Abe's. That's Abe's problem. We're a uh, we're a low quality production. I don't know that anyone anyone cares. No, this is a this is a phone call podcast right now. So, <laughs> so James probably sounds better than me because, yeah, his phone call is probably bouncing between Canada and Kentucky and Indianapolis. So. <laughs> okay, so we'll continue back. So, um, what was I? Twenty one zero. Oh, twenty one zero. You lost a pulley. Lost a pulley. Car got hot, and then we the guys thrashed and caught it ready for the final session yesterday. And uh, these tires that were on seemed to leak some air sometimes, and just too rushed. And I should have been on it myself. Didn't check the tires, and I think that we went out with maybe a slow leak in the left front, oh, okay. and yep. it didn't even make it around to the start finish to start the lap. It went down in twelve, and that was. Uh, that was a pretty scary, uh, pretty scary deal. Not gonna lie. What What are you doing through twelve? About one hundred and twenty-five or something like that. We We haven't checked too much. We didn't. You know, we haven't really. We haven't really had enough data there to, to, you know, really care that much this weekend because we basically turned no laps that work. But it's over a hundred miles an hour. Down it's over one hundred and twenty miles an hour. Yeah, down the hill, really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't. It didn't actually fail in twelve. It failed kind of halfway down the hill, um, maybe okay. two thirds of the way down the hill, but still at that point you're going, you know, very close to 130, and it's like, yeah. you know, you've got to get this thing slowed up and, and turned, and you know, went into the grass a little bit, not too bad, and the car was okay, but it was frightening. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So did you have to make a full lap on a uh, a down tire? No, no, I would have. I would have gotten a physical uh, fight if they would have tried to make me drive around on the corner with the with the down tire. Yeah, I, I was I was watching the live stream and he pulled off uh, track right against the concrete wall there. So yeah, I wanted uh, to get about out of as yeah, that's about as out of the as you can get. If you can't get to the track entrance on the left, uh, pulling off track right's about as out of impact as you can get. I mean, still yeah. like a crazy thing could happen, but you're you're pretty safe there. Yeah. And I went fairly far down the straight, you know, just kind of limped it down there to make sure that it was kind of out of the not in the pinball main. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be any part of that. So, um, so yeah, so we, we checked everything out, and made sure the car was really good, and went up and watched some of the drifting and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, we got kind of ready for the next day. It was supposed to pour with rain. We honestly didn't expect to turn any laps other than maybe a few wet laps for fun on the today. Um, yeah. Once again, we woke up in the morning, and as same with Friday, it was supposed to pour all day on Friday, and it didn't rain at all. So, you know, kind of later in the evening, and here we go Saturday again, supposed to pour all day, and we wake up Saturday morning, and the, the paddock is dry. So. so yeah. uh you're going to put yourself together and drive. 
yeah, put the fresh tires on, get all ready. Um, those tires, they need a second flyer. So go out and do, I think we did a 23 in the first lap. They just, just kind of putting heat in them and just getting, you know, everything up to temp and getting the feel for it. And went at it really hard down the hill coming to the, coming to the start of the second lap. Really got after it in turn one. The car felt amazing. Got up the hill, felt amazing through turn three. Used a bit more curb than normal because I know that can be the fast way through there. Um, flat around through four, flat down into the S's, uh, down a gear for, for turn five. Coming out of there felt really good. And then grabbed fourth gear and it went horse and that was the end of it. And the motor blew up, huh? Motor blew up. Coming out of turn five, just before turn six. So you're over 800 horsepower. Um, yep. Coming out of turn five, that's really a pretty fast area. You're kind of climbing uphill. It is, um, but I, I bet it's like max load right there because you're climbing uphill and the car's going a little bit slower. And, you know. But that that's, yeah, that that load right there is a good oiling area for K-Series because K-Series is on the up, opposite side of a Honda B or a D-Series. So it's probably not oil problems. It, it just we, had enough. And with our, and with our Unit 2 pan, we don't have uh, – our Unit 2 motorsports pan, we don't have any oiling issues anyway. So, yeah. so we're, yeah. like, seeing, you know, minimum oil pressures for a whole lap with, like, 70 PSI. Yeah. So 1,000 crank horsepower can only go for so long on a K-Series. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll you know, we'll see more about what, what happens when we get back and it comes apart. Yeah. Um, and we'll kind of, you know, ho- hopefully we find something. Hopefully we find the reason. We very well might not. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be nice if we can kind of narrow it down a little bit. So now you, you've got a full you've got a full backup motor at home, right? We have a back, we have an unsleeved box backup motor, but we're working with JBR engines now, uh, and they've okay. got uh, they did the sleeving on that block, uh, and they're working on uh, they were hoping to get it done in time for this weekend. It wouldn't have made a difference anyways because by the time it blew up in the morning, uh, there was only yeah. three hours before the final session, and that would have been tough the way that that car is. Uh, with the turbo and, you know, all the lines and everything like that. Um, and I think some of the wiring is crispy and stuff like that, too. It was a little bit of a fire. So nothing, nothing yeah, serious, but fire. enough just to make a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we wouldn't have been able to get it in anyways. But uh, he said he's going to have that ready for us this week. Um, so cool. we'll, get the, we'll get everything cleaned up. We'll get the motor out of there. We'll get everything cleaned up and uh, get the new motor up back up to Canada and uh, new wiring harness and stuff like that in there and get it ready for Midwest in a few weeks, a couple weeks. That's so exciting. Uh, yeah, we got about two and a half weeks right now. Yeah. I was about to text you when I heard that you had a problem in our in our group chat about the podcast. Uh, you said that the car was on fire and I was going to text you and say, so what kind of boat are you buying? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did pretty good today. I did pretty good. I, I think good, that good. we saw that there was so much potential in this car this weekend. Um, you know, it's different. When we had all those struggles at Midwest, the car wasn't fast anyways, and then it broke, and then it, that's, that's when you buy the bass boat. But when the car is fast and breaks, then you don't necessarily always have to buy the bass boat. So yeah, uh, going, forward with, the possibility. going forward with something like this, um, how do you, uh, like, is it possible to do some more work uh, with Evan's tuning and, like, stress the car on the dyno harder instead of just like spending time tuning, but actually just like, 
you know, put crazy amounts of load through it just to kind of simulate something realistic that you might see on the track? I mean, you're seeing quite a bit of load on, on a Dynapack the way they load it up. And he does, you know, yeah. a bunch of variable RPMs and stuff like that. So he'll, you know, he'll put it at in boost at a certain RPM and not even let the engine RPMs rise sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so load it up. Seeing, right it's seeing the crazy load on that dyno when he's doing his tuning. Well, I mean, does it have uh, 20 yeah. seconds of full throttle like the back straight at Red Atlanta? I know it's not, but I wouldn't want to put that through anyway. You know, how many, if it only has X amount of time in it, how much do you want to do on, on his dyno? You know, you might have to put a piece of cardboard under the engine because he's afraid of how long it's going to last, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're still trying to find the longevity of all, like there's a thousand little pieces in there that can let go and hurt the motor. So if everything holds together, you get, you know, 25 laps, 30 laps. But yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So you're playing a, you're playing a crazy game, James. When are you going to come race GLTC? <laughs> uh, it's just, there's so much potential in this car. And no, I'm just joking. I know. I know. We've know, talked. Oh, we've talked privately about it, and you're like, I don't know how long I can keep doing this, but I got to keep doing it for just a little while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we want to. We know that this car has amazing potential in it right now. To do a 121.0, you know, I don't count the first lap really that we did because it's basically a warm up lap. You know, it's basically a second warm up lap on Friday. So when you do your first yeah. lap with a completely new, a completely new car, really different turbo different arrow, different everything. Yeah. And the thing goes 21-0 at Road Atlanta, like first lap off the trailer on a green track after rain. You know, it's pretty good. Pretty motivating that's, for the uh, whole, for the yeah, whole that's, group. That's right there. That's right there. Obviously, we were there to break the record. Um, yeah. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You know, just, yeah, we'll, again, we'll we still have everything. the record, but you've yeah. shown the potential. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna work very hard on it. We're gonna make some try to make some improvements in between fixing the car, leading up to Midwest, and uh, we're uh, we'll give it our all again there. That's awesome. Um, the uh, you were talking about uh, on the last portion of the show, you were talking about adding packers and adding bump stops and playing with springs and stuff. Uh, you think you found a pretty good setup for Road Atlanta, and how do you think that might translate uh, into Gingerman? Uh, going going forward so we got it close enough um raised raised the front of the car quite a bit and took a bunch of camber out of it and re re reset the toe the the car was a lot better after that it's still on the splitter pretty bad under braking um but through the corners it it it, it was a night and day difference that car is not on the splitter at all in the corners it feels fantastic uh, it's not it's not being held up at all. The first day, you could actually feel the the rub strips on the outside of the end plate holding the car up a little bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. with, with with our changes, the car felt absolutely fantastic. But it was a bit violent braking for turn one. With a high downforce car, um, those bumps are are pretty pretty violent. Um, yeah. So we're and you're probably over 100 miles an hour there in your turn one. Uh, well, the braking zone is really the, the problem. As soon as you're off the brakes for turn one, um, it's not a problem. I'm pretty sure we're over 100 miles an hour minimum speed to turn one, but you know, the braking point for turn one is like 155. Yeah, yeah. So that, 
when you start getting into a nasty, bumpy braking zone at that kind of speed, with that kind of downforce, that's that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be nasty. So I was uh, watching the live stream, and you, you could see the sparks flying off of uh, Borsma's uh, splitter. I didn't see uh, any good shots of you doing that turn one, but a lot of people are hitting the. Uh, there, there, a lot of people are rubbing going through turn one. It's very common. It's, it's like bump, 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 bump. It's like six, six individual bumps going into turn one there. You can actually see the rubber marks going over those bumps on the track where, where each one is, is kind of higher than the, than the low spot. Yeah. But Chris's car, we've got, we've got some work to do on it. It's doing some weird stuff with the, with the suspension. So we're going to look at that as well and, and try to get that working a little bit better for Midwest because it's, uh, it is, it wasn't super happy this weekend. It was uh, it was a bit of a struggle for him. So we're going to to work hard to get that car prepped and and showing good pace once again for Midwest. I'd like it very much if you could uh, try and bring a battle uh, to Luke McGrew uh, in the track mod class. Yeah, be pretty cool. Good old battle. Good old battle. Jensen so, might be a pretty good balance place for a car like Chris's versus a car like uh, Luke's too. So. Uh, James, it's, Adam, uh, and I doesn't were... have that much straightaway, but if he turns the power up, it's gonna it's gonna put some distance on him on the straight, um, and it'll just be you know everywhere else uh, whether uh, whether he can keep up or not. So one yeah, thing I've fun. seen uh, with Luke is that he's a student of the data, and he is literally after every session. I mean, he'll do seven or eight laps a session, and he'll review and improve and review and improve the entire weekend. And I don't, I mean, maybe that's happening in other garages, but I, I guess I haven't seen as much of it. Uh, he's paying attention literally as soon as he gets out of the car. It's, it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. And um, he has a setup that allows him to do that. I mean, that car has turned thousands of track miles. That's what I was just going to say. It's fantastic to do that. And I'm a huge fan, but when you're struggling through issues, sometimes uh, you have to have some data to compare. And if you don't really have any usable data to compare, you know, if I do one really mild lap and a hard lap and then another mild lap, I'm not going to start looking at theoretical best or anything like that between those three. Sure. I'm not going to start yeah, looking at sector times if I've yeah. only done one actual hard full attack lap. There's no point in comparing. Yeah. No, you got to do 20 or 30 like freaking Luke gets to do. <laughs> yeah. Did we lose everybody? Did we lose them? All right, we're back with James. Who would have thought that it would be the spots in the mountains in Kentucky that wouldn't have good summer reception? Yeah, no kidding. So uh, right before you dropped out, I was asking what you thought you saw at the speed trap uh, in right before 10 in terms of miles per hour. Uh, I would think that it's well into the 120. Um, no, no, no. We will. Uh, sorry, not oh. 12, 10. Oh, sorry, 12. Uh, so uh, top speed going into 10. Yep. Uh, I think it was 166 this weekend. So we're seeing a little bit of, little bit of drop in, in speed due to the drag and the arrow and everything like that. Uh, probably if we would have put a bit more power in it, it got it up over 170. And uh, but it's fine, you know. It's, we are four miles an hour slower than we were last year, and the car is making way more downforce. Sure. So we're willing, we're willing to take that four mile an hour penalty because 
everywhere. And honestly, on the back straight is the only spot um, where we're really seeing any loss in, in straight speed. Like even on the front straight, we're going faster than we were before because we're coming through 12 so much faster. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see um, a data overlay uh, from your lap from last year to your lap from this year just to see where the additional pace was coming from. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, when we look at that a little bit more, it'll just be kind of everywhere and, you know, probably lose a tiny, tiny bit at the end of the back straight. Uh, but the traction control with the traction control and the wave, the flat shift and everything, uh, I bet you were ahead enough three quarters of the way down the straight that the little bit we lose at the end is probably just a wash. So um, I, I don't think we're too, too worried about it. And uh, especially for a track like Gingerman, we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully we don't find anything uh, hidden when we take this thing all apart. No, for sure. You never know. Now, uh, like- for the bits like the wiring harness and stuff that'll need to be uh, repaired, is that something that's relatively easy to do on that car? Um, well, uh, we use a K-tuned, uh, a K-tuned engine harness on it, and we've got a spare in the trailer anyway, so we're just going to, uh, we're not going to take any chances with that harness. We're going to put a new one on and just make sure that that box is checked. Awesome. So we're going to try to, try to make sure it can be as reliable as it possibly can before we, uh, before we head to, uh, Gingerman, because that's honestly one of our favorite events for the whole season. Not, yeah. not one of is my favorite event of the whole season. I mean, we're kind of biased, but I like it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. So uh, thanks for spending some time with us, James. Uh, you should probably get back to driving. And uh, if Adam were on the call, I'm sure he would uh, congratulate you on a good weekend and a personal best. And uh, I guess technically you won the event, right? Yeah, well, we never – it was funny. We were kind of thinking about it. Near the, at the end of the last session, we were hoping to see what Pro Awesome could do, but they were struggling with their car as well. And we were waiting for the last session to see if they were going to be in blue crew on their time, and they weren't. And Eric and I were kind of walking back up from the, the grid, and I said to him, I said, we've never won a GTA event overall before. And he kind of looked, and he was kind of like, oh. You could see the kind of, you know, lightning of his face a little bit to think, well, that was kind of good that you know, at least had some positive of it anyway. So Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll work, work on the positives and, and work on improving the car before Midwest and try to bring the best back if we can. Cool, man. Well, uh, drive safe, and I'm sure we'll talk to you before Midwest, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to do a show with you at the event and uh, talk a little bit more about the changes that have been made in the coming weeks and uh, hope to see you go faster. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Talk to you later, buddy. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid live to say hello. Hello.